0: New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I thought I was strong. I was wrong.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 138B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest starred for the Portland Winterhawks of the WHL before embarking on a decade-long professional career that was highlighted by two NHL stints with the Hartford Whalers. He recently returned to his roots and moved back to British Columbia where he's taken on many ventures, most notably as a member of the town council in Kimberley. We had a chance to catch up this past fall when he visited the Rock. We still keep in touch after more than two decades. Please welcome folks with... Wins come pleasure with losses come pain. Welcome to the show. It's my buddy Jason
1: McBain! How the hell are you doing, Jace? Tr, I'm I'm doing just fine. And that was that was way more than was needed for for this guy. I'll tell you that way more. Well, I usually I usually have a longer one. I riff a little bit, but you know what?
2: It's been a crazy week. But well, you know, yeah. first of all, with the passing of Todd Gillingham, did you play with Gilly or
1: against? No, against. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, it was, uh, it was weird. I, um, I was sitting on the, on the couch the other night and it was, you know, Sunday, it was Sunday. We were watching football all day and, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Joe Frederick. I don't know if you remember yeah. Freddie. Joe Frederick. Um, I played with him
2: for a half dozen games in Utah.
1: Yeah. yeah awesome guy. Freddie's, awesome guy. Freddie's a great dude. And, uh, we, we keep in touch regularly and anyway, so we're back and forth and, and, uh, he had gone to, a. a henderson silver knights game he lives in vegas uh-huh. and uh, he ran into a few of the boys there and uh and darren banks Banksy uh told him about uh about todd so um and that's when i reached out to you and i was like i figured i figured there was a connection with you guys and i'm like ah shit, what's going on here tr so yeah it was you know it's i think as you and i were going back and forth you know like the the common theme is like ah shit like this just it's just too often, right? Like, it's too yeah. too much of this shit going on. So, yeah, it was, it was tough to hear.
2: Yeah, he was uh, a good fella. And um, anyway, it, it was a bit shocking to me. Yeah, th- so the link, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I went out. So I, I talked about him a little bit on uh, my last podcast there just a couple of days ago. And I'm glad because a lot of people didn't realize. But first of all, if you're a pro hockey player from Newfoundland, it's almost like a team in itself because there's not many yeah. of us. You come There's more and more now, but still, you come back in the summer. Everybody skates yeah. together. Everybody hangs out. You know, it's you just pick up the phone and call one of the boys first. You know, it's like a team on its own, and then we all go yeah. away, and we keep in touch, and we keep tabs. Well, Gilly was like that from day one, and, um, you know, he was just a part of the fabric, so it was a bit shocking. I, The shock is over, and, you know, it's – that's the way it goes, but it does happen all too often. Now, Darren Banks, that was a tough guy, right? Well oh, yeah. He played in the West Coast League for a little bit. I know he was an IHL guy, and I think yeah, an AHL I, guy.
1: I played against Banks in, uh, predominantly in the I, and uh, yeah, he was a guy you didn't want to F around with too much, that's for sure, unless you were, you know, if that was your thing, <laughs> that's yeah. fine. It wasn't my thing, TR, so. <laughs> hey, and. The, the funny thing is,
2: I'm looking, so you say it wasn't your thing, right? Yet, yeah. like, say a year like 91, 92, 54 games, junior, 95 minutes. Like, now that's a lot. That's two penalty minutes a game. You had. <laughs> yeah. It was hard to be in that league and not, I mean, be involved in something. It was chaos. And you were in, I didn't, okay, so Portland was my experience playing against you, right? You yeah. played yeah. with your brother Mike on the under-17 Canada um, under 18, Canada under 17 Pacific, and then it was Red Deer years later. But I, yeah. you came into my my world, my <laughs> existence in Portland. I didn't realize Lethbridge. So, yeah, 1991, you go to Lethbridge. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you're a 16 year old at that point. Was there an, was yeah. there a draft, or did you get listed? How did that work? No, it,
1: no, it was it was pre draft, and uh, back in that in the day, you know, they they basically when you turned 14. They could they call up your folks and say you know we we stuck you on a list and it was kind of first come first serve but caveat was you know you took up more more spots on on the list so yeah Lethbridge called me up on my fourteenth birthday and and uh, and that was it and I think I think it's funny you mentioned that for for PIMS that year I think I had like I don't know just under forty or something like that in Lethbridge yeah and I think I had two minors and the rest were all fighting wow. <laughs>
2: That's but, crazy. They know
1: you as a fighter, nor do you. I mean, look, that's no. Well, you know, yeah.
2: if it, it's just there it, it was a lot of guys. I mean, I I look at I'm trying to think of the players that I played with in junior. that would have been the least, like Mark Hurley or or Brent Ashcroft. And you know, you had to be, you had to have a level of toughness just to go out there and be able to absorb oh, yeah. all that. But you know, they weren't in your face. They didn't start anything. But they still got in fights. It's yeah. crazy, right? And now. Now the game has changed so much. Probably oh, would have it, been a little bit better a time for you to come along, but
1: um, oh, much how were those first time. couple of years in the dub? <laughs> that was chaos back then. It was. I uh, it was fun though, right? Like I, I remember. I remember the first game, uh, first exhibition game that I played, and we were up in uh, Wetasquin, and uh, I was with Lethbridge and. Oh, we had we had some really good players. We went to the league final that year and they went to the league final the year before and lost to Spokane and Spokane ended up winning up the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um and uh, so anyways, we go up to Witasque when I'm skating around, I'm like, you know, tall, skinny, you know, I don't even know how much I weighed, but I was I was not I didn't have a lot of weight on me. And we're coming around the red line. The first three guys I see were Dan Kordic, who's John Kordick's brother. He's like six foot five. Massive dude. This other dude, Jason Prozovsky, who had like a full beard at the time. Another that. guy that was like 6'4. Clayton Norris, Murray Garbett. Norris, who I ended up fighting that year. Um, I don't remember I remember playing against him. Good, I good remember player, tough. I tough. I fought dude. him in
2: St. John's. He played for the yeah. St. John's Leafs. My first game back home, yeah. I fought him.
1: He came yeah. right at me too. Oh yeah. No, he's he's a tough man. Yeah. Um and those so that's my first experience in the junior. And I'm just like Holy shit! What the hell am I doing here? Like this, this is not going to be fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it still wasn't as good as is your first game that we played against each other, though. Like I tell everybody uh, that story, yeah. and you want you want you want to hear it? I think we. I think I told it to before, but I, you before.
2: I I I to... remember playing against Portland. It was my second WHL game ever. My yeah. first one, I they they put, put me down to get my feet wet. I was fifteen years no. old. Yeah, I think you're only allowed to play three games, and yep. I, uh, I, I remember playing against Tacoma and a guy. Uh, God, what Sakura hit me!
0: Oh He's yeah, yeah, open ice hitter, Big like D- man, I, Yeah,
2: I saw his name sakura and I thought, you know, I thought just Europeans don't hit that much. And he nearly, <laughs> oh yeah, he nearly decapitated me. And then my first game, yeah, go ahead. What do you remember so, about it? Because I remember,
1: I, well, I remember, I remember we were, you know, back in those days you get the stat pack, right, and you're looking through it and. Somebody's somebody mentioned your name, and like you know, who the fuck is this kid? You know, some fifteen-year-old kid from, especially from like back east. You're like, what the hell is he doing out here? Yeah. So, anyways, we're playing the game, and and you know, you're kind of running around like a goofball, and, and you're you're chasing, you're chasing Halsey around, Kale Halsey, and the I'm L. sure Hul- for Hul- the people. listeners, you know, <laughs> Halsey was a bad dude when we were in, when junior, a like big left-handed guy, and and he. He hit hard, and uh, so you're you're running around and chasing him, and, and he's kind of giving you the go away, go away, go away. And then you and I lined up <laughs> beside each other <laughs> the one shift, and I said, "Kid, I'm like, guy, I, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what you're about, but I'm like, I don't think you want to go there." <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I remember yeah. you like kind of give me, "Ah, oh, fuck you," or whatever. And I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> whatever. You've been warned." And uh, and you guys ended up going and. I don't Rock. think I've ever remember seeing a guy take that many laughs. Yeah. Um, so many. Connecting well too. And uh, and uh, to your credit, to your credit, you hung in there the whole time and I was watching it just going, wow, this, you know, if anything, this kid can take, take a freaking punch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it was impressive. Let's put it that I, way. I do
2: remember, see, and you were on my radar because in the, in the Rocky mountain junior league where I've been playing all year,
1: yeah. I was
2: playing for Quennell, Yeah. and there was only three that I recall underagers in that league. Your brother yeah. Mike was one of them. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we would play and I would like, I remember Jason <laughs> Weimer the year before played. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I felt, you know, a connection to those guys. So I always talked to the younger guys before the game, taping a stick or whatever. And yeah. I knew that you guys were brothers. And I remember you saying something, and it wasn't <laughs> – yeah. it, it, someone else – there was another tough guy on your team, John Baduke and he said yeah. the same thing. He was yeah. like, look, just settle down. People know you got balls. And yeah. but I kept it up, you know uh, – oh, one sec. Penny Lane, the pizza's there. there. You Pick up your pizza. You ordered it. Here, one sec, Boehner.
1: No, that's all right.
2: Penny Lane, pizza's was, important. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> i don't know how much it is okay. um give him a five dollar tip okay. how much is that uh, there you go
1: give him that that's good okay. five <laughs> bucks i hope it was the $100 okay, okay, a hundred dollar order
2: 17 but everybody knows who i am in here so i can't i got to oh, uh
1: you got to loosen your wallet
2: <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh, you know what we we uh, I kid we go up there all the time. It's Old Town Pizza in Mount Pearl, oh, and they uh, they often they're good to us as well. So you know, eight hundred oh, not
1: bad. You know, and by the way, I gotta say, I apologize to any any uh, any uh, viewers because you on these podcasts you show the video too.
2: Nah, not often. I, I, okay, that's I good. Clear, yeah,
1: we probably won't here. Yeah, because you see the stash and. This is just this is not my usual look it's not good <laughs> i don't mind it but what uh, Okay, so what brought it on i well it, it was one of these things so i um so you know the, the the movember thing right yeah i usually do it then and um my ex-wife actually was was diagnosed with with cancer this year and i, and I know it's a it's a you know the movember things for guys and and stuff but uh my my uh, one son calling. He's like, "Oh, dad, you you have to do it, especially this year." So, I uh, I started growing it, and then I just for some reason I'm like, "Well, I'll just I'll be a jackass for a while, and I'll I'll keep this thing." But it's, I, getting, it's uh, getting to a point where it's got to go here soon. It's yeah, not good.
2: I don't mind it. Looks, yeah, you know, you're 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 a good looking guy. You can carry it off. You can pull it off. Well, well. um, and and a counselor. I'm going to get the, get into that in a little bit. I'm oh, really yeah. really curious about this. Yeah. Um. Just I, I I don't want to leave Portland yet because nope, I find it, it fascinating. I find it fascinating. The whole Portland Winterhawks thing. I went out there. Okay, so Tri Cities when I went, there, so that happened to finish that. Yeah, the Cale kicked the shit out of me later in the game. Later in the game, I got the puck in front of the net, missed on a, and, and the rebound. Jeff Lynch scored. I got an assist, so I was really pumped. And it was we we ended up losing. Did I and, get the um, minus?
1: Was I out there for that? Do you remember?
2: You know what? I don't know, but I just found the tape. I found the videotape with the highlight on it. My dad called no, me down, I so I will. It. After this, I'm going to have a look. And uh, if it is, I'll post it and send it to you. <laughs> oh, thanks. The highlights are all there. You had a lot of points that year. Fuck, I'm looking I at did, it. I did,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Jeez, uh, 44 points that year, 66. The next, more than a point a game as a defenseman. Yeah, so, I
1: had a good, good year my last year. Yeah, yeah your,
2: your last, well, pretty much your whole time in Portland. Now, what people don't realize, the Western League, I mean, some people do, Honestly, the it's it's such a wide spectrum of teams. So I'd gone out west, and I'm in Canada in Quenelle. So I can't remember why. I can't remember why I went to Moose Jaw. Probably we drove across. I, I don't know. But I remember going to a game in Moose Jaw, and I was like, whoa, Like this is okay. The crushed beer terrible. can? The crushed beer can. Yeah. And then uh, Swift Current had a good team that year or the year before. Maybe went to the Royal Cup in the late 80s, something like yeah, that. They That's beat
1: what, us. They beat us. The, there it uh, is.
2: Yeah. There it is. Oh. I knew so I, I I went to a game in Swift Current. So that's really my only knowledge. And then I was in Quesnel. Kamloops. I went down. I'm like, wow, this is like a different league than the other one. I'm just talking about the buildings and the places. Yep. Then you get down in Tri-Cities. And that at that time, Tacoma was also in the league. So you had yeah. you had you had northern Northwest USA, had Spokane and Washington State, of course, just north of Tri-City. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tri-Cities, then you have Seattle and Tacoma, right? So Tacoma is yep. a suburb of Seattle. And yep. then you had Portland. So you had five teams in the Northwest USA. Now, this to me felt like a different planet, not only because you're not in Canada and there's so much dump pack there, yeah. but Seattle and Portland, and by extension, Tacoma. I mean, they, they played in a weird rink, but sometimes they had 15,000 fans in football there.
1: Stadium. Yeah. It was sure. a
2: weird, weird rink, wasn't it? Yeah. It went yeah. way back. Like there was no depth to it. It just went back. Tacoma Dome. Yeah. Uh, Tacoma Dome. And, um, but Portland and Seattle fascinated me. Like, it doesn't surprise me that Seattle are doing well in the NHL, fans-wise. I mean, they were selling out for junior, especially when they played one of our teams from the state's yeah, arrival. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Portland
2: is beautiful. I don't want to put down Lethbridge at all because I, I like no. Lethbridge. and But it, to go from there... And so much, so much to unpack, not only hockey all the time. I went to Red Deer my last year. It was completely yeah. different, right? In 19 to get into the bar, or 18 in Alberta. So the bar yeah. culture was there in junior. It wasn't there in Tri-Cities. Yeah. Um, fans, comments, like everybody knew. Tri-Cities, it was a novelty. More yeah. more questions would be like, oh, you play for the Americans. Uh, you know, um, where do you come from in Canada? It was never like, what are you guys doing on the breakout, right? But right. in, in, no, in Canada, it is. So they go down... <laughs> And Portland would have these fans and it felt like an NHL game. And I've been in NHL games with less fans and less vibe. I I don't know. I'm trying to think Florida back in the nineties. So how was that? Did you guys for my first question? Yeah. It's a big place. Yeah. Guys must have, you could possibly live an hour away from the next guy and still be in Portland. So how did how how did you attack that, first of all? Did everybody go to the same school, the kids that were in school? No, it
1: was it was it was a little it was it was weird. Like so the, the funny story with that is so we're, we're on the road, and we're doing the the west swing, you know how we used to used to do a, a big swing one way or the other, depending on what division you're in, right? So yeah. we're in Lethbridge and we're doing the big swing and we played and try and uh, then we're going into to Portland going to Seattle and then going up to play Victoria when the Cougars when was the Cougars in the league. And, um, so we're rolling into, to Portland and, uh, and I remember, I, I remember who I was sitting beside and I remember turning and going, you know, this would be a pretty, pretty fucking cool place to play. Like, you know, because the, the, you can see like downtown as you're coming in from the East side, It's just, you know, it's yeah. big city, cool atmosphere. And, uh, so we played the game. I think we won. And um, a bunch of guys from BC on that team, Lane Rowland, Colin Foley, yeah. um, guys that I that I played with in like uh, in BC in tournaments and kind of stuff. And and I remember talking to Lane or after the game and I'm like, you know, this must be awesome. Because like, like you said, the crowd's rocking. It's just, it's super fun. Mm. And he's like, oh, he's like, it's, this is a fucking awesome place. And, uh, you know, the story goes and goes and goes. So we go up to Seattle, play the next night, go to Victoria. And that's when I get the call. It's like eight in the morning and Shane Peacock is my, um, my roommate. Yeah. yeah. Great player. And, uh, Eco says, Hey, you got to go down and, and meet with, with Bob's. Bob Lux was the coach yeah. in, uh, in, Bre- in Lethbridge. And it's like fucking eight fifteen in the morning. I'm like, this, this can't be good. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and so I walk in and, and and him and Bob Bartlett, who was the GM at the time, are both like up dressed, wearing like nice clothes, like suits. And I'm like, this is really not good. Like, where am I going? Moose Jaw, Prince Albert. Like <laughs> I'm thinking all these, what I would yeah. call less than desirable destinations. Yeah. And, uh, right off the hop, you're, we've been traded you to Portland and I'm just like, are you kidding? Like what? Wow. And I, I was literally on a plane three hours later flying down and went to a team function that night and laners like the first guy that walks through the door and he's like are you kidding me like it was just so weird like literally talking about it two or three days before like how and it would then you cool walk to play with them and, and, and there, there and there i am
2: and at the time i remember I, we would go over all the time to seattle and portland because portland had the trailblazers and seattle yeah. had the supersonics you yeah. were major league cities that's the other yeah. thing Oh, yeah. I was fascinated to go in and go. The junior team's got to get out because they got an NBA game. Yeah. And uh, we I stayed over more than once. We played in Portland. I stayed over. Our coach was lousy and he was all right with that as long as we showed up. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm looking. So you're in Lethbridge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you come in your first year. I mean, you do all right. You play 52 games, nine points, 39. Next year, you get off to a, a slow start, I guess, 13 games, one assist. You go to Portland and immediately, yeah. immediately, 54 games. 32 points, 95 minutes, yeah. and you get drafted that year. Yeah. 81st overall. 81st in the planet. Like, So yeah. was the that? The draft
1: sucked, though. <laughs> well, yeah, tell me. The, the, the draft sucked that for me that year. Like, Now, where I deserve to go in the draft, yeah, we can talk about that all day long, but it was a strange year because um, leading up to that, you if you were a 18 year old kid you had to go in the top three rounds like that's how eligibility worked then so I'm going into this thing I think I was like I was in that top 25 thing where you know they have the showcase and stuff the draft was in Montreal and um and uh so there was a lot of talk about me kind of going in that one two round yeah I um, remember that stage right and it's So, and you're talking to teams and, and stuff, and then the draft happens, and uh, it's just European guy after European guy after European guy. It's like if your name was Igor, like we're, and that, we're was you up. that was new, yeah, that was new, yeah, and it was, it was, yeah. and um, you know, a lot of guys ended up, you know, being really good players. I mean, you look at the top guys that year, like Yashin was number two, and casparitis was up there and um you know guys that i played against in international tournaments as a young guy and you're and these guys are legit and um there's other dudes though that you're just like where the hell did they get this guy and you know i was a young kid i was immature i didn't i didn't know any better and i'm devastated man like i'm all, I'm, pre- I'm in tears like as i'm just yeah. watching my stock just go down, down down down, yeah. and um, you know. And anyways, and then you go and uh, everything's cool after that. But um, yeah, it was it was a it was a weird it was a really weird day. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a memory. And you know, anytime you get drafted in the NHL, you should not be upset at all. But you're programmed and to be upset, though. Ex- and be upset. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's at the that thing. It was were. it was a completely different situation than your draft, right? Like I was there in Edmonton when you got picked, and and Mike got. Picked early in the in the second round, yeah, and uh, it was much more of what people expected. Like you know, the, the guys that were going were going where everybody kind of figured they would, and it was a much more kind of normal draft. Um, and you know, I'd already been playing a couple of years, so it was no pressure. But yeah, it was it was a weird experience. Um, you know, I was I was grateful to go to Hartford. It didn't work out in the, in the fact that um. Hartford radically changed ownership gears and everything once I came in and it, it really probably wasn't the best fit for me. And, you know, as well as anybody at the NHL level. Yeah. A lot of it's about fit, especially if you're the type of player that we were right. Like if you're a top top tier guy, it doesn't matter wherever you're going to be where you're going to be. And, and, um, yeah, it just it, it probably wasn't wasn't the.
2: It is about fit, fit, which so in in the last question about Portland, but you go over there. Yeah, sure. You're, you're, did, were you just immediately on the power play? Like, what what happened yeah. to me? Well, Like, all of a sudden, your stats are like not yeah. only good, they're great.
1: <laughs> it worked out in the sense that I was playing on a on a team in in Lethbridge that was pretty stacked on D with eighteen year old guys. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of the prime age, right? Like 18, 19-year-old guys that are running the power play, Darcy Warenka, um, Shane Peacock, and, uh, and and a couple others. So it's hard to get into that tier. Now, Portland was all young guys. Like I said, Foles, Lane, um, and me, you know, we were all like 16, 17-year-old guys. They traded me for Brant Myers, actually. It ended up working out good for Mizey and me. But yeah. so they didn't have a lot of strength on D um, and I, so I got to insert it right away. And I was most of the time playing with Brandon Smith on power play, which Smitty and I played together for three yeah, years. Man, I remember Smitty's that guy. stats are great player. Fantastic. He was. Player. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was just, again, it's the fit, right? Like I fit well into that, into that system. And we were a young team and we just built and built and built. And uh, by the time I was 19, I mean, we were, a it was a scary team cuz we were it sick you know i think our last year was like six guys with 40 goals um you know all our d were, were you know good puck moving defensemen and the in the big thing is everybody could fight yeah. like it, it didn't matter how you wanted to play us that's fine we'll we'll play you that way i and, remember um,
2: every game against portland being like that, you had to really get mentally focused because yeah. they could they could outscore you and they could outfight you. Every every year that I was in junior, too, there's no yeah. exception.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had some help. We had, like, you know, Kamloops was always the... We were back and forth with those guys, and they had a tremendous hockey team as well. Great organization. And, uh, yeah, some of the games we had were just, you know, <laughs> with, with, with Tucker being out there and guys like that, you know, it's going to be... And we had Adam Deadmarsh guys who could stir it up and uh You're yeah, very it was similar. It, yeah it was right. it was it was gonna i I had a good fight with with Tucker the one he was a he was kind of like a sneaky sneaky yeah. tough guy that you know that could uh really be scrappy um but yeah those games were, were crazy was when you fun. got what's talk about fit this is kind of
2: and again you know I'm, I'm not I find a similarity here because my first year mm-hmm. that I played in the American League I thought you know, I thought if I have good stats, I'll just get called up. I didn't really know how it yeah. worked. I'm looking at other people. You get there your first year in Springfield, Hartford's yeah. Farm Team. Yeah. You're playing defense. Six, well, obviously, you're a defenseman. But I'm saying 16 goals, 28 assists for 44 points. Did yeah. they? Was there any feedback? Like, what? Why did they want you to get 100? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because those are those Lock are out. great stats.
1: Lockout, bud. Nowhere yeah. to go. And, and that where to go. <laughs> it, I it, forgot it, the lockout. Yeah, yes. yeah. Nowhere to go. And, um, and that was, it was tough too. Right. Because so Paul Holmgren was the coach at the time and, and Homer, I think, I think really liked me and I got along really, really well with, with him. And, um, yeah, there was, it was one of those ones. It was like, it's, you know, talk about fit, but timing is also, um, it's, it's a big, big deal, right? Like I, I was having a good year now. Was I a good all around defenseman? No. I, I there was a lot of my game that needed to be refined. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Um but yeah, no, I was having a good year. I was like scoring all kinds of goals. I, I think I got like five against Jim Carrey that year, who was a freaking fantastic goaltender. And the it was just detective. Yeah, he just got the guy's number, right? Like it was uh yeah, it was it was really really cool. Um, so yeah, I broke into the league and everything was just going gangbusters. But yeah, there was nowhere to go.
2: So you go on the next. I mean, one, two, three, four, five. So you you're in the I or the A for the next five or six years. Okay, then you yeah. end up making your way overseas. But yeah. was there a rhyme or reason? Did you were these all contracts? Providence Bruins. Were you signed with the Bruins or was it Providence Quebec Citadels? I remember that stint, of course. Um, Grand Rapids. So these places. Were these one year stints free agent or were you signed with NHL teams?
1: I just couldn't, I couldn't, I, um, just, I couldn't get my footing. Like after I left, um, Hartford's organization kind of, well, the, the kicker was when I got sent to Cleveland at the time, I didn't know any, any different. And, and I knew I was done with them when they were decimated with injuries and we were in Orlando or something like that. And our coach said, Hey, you might actually be going up to Carolina cause they moved to Carolina that year. Yeah. And, uh, I had a $15,000 bonus or something like that. If I played one more game it was, you know, what is in my contract? Yeah, and they yeah. called up a guy directly from the East coast league to fill wow. in for a couple of nights. And I'm just like, well, wow. so then you know, it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you don't, you're yeah. Should, I remember that that happened to Nathan Dempsey. I remember he was here. In yeah, St. John's Demmer, Yeah, five years yeah. in a row, and it was like he played nine games because if he played ten, he had a bonus. Yeah, or they had to keep him up or something. And he
1: had no business. I mean, yeah, you know, he was a good middle of the road guy that yeah. um, ended up having a pretty good career. But yeah. yeah, he stuck down there for a long time. He did,
2: sure. Like one of the games played leaders ever in St. John's, yeah. and we all looked at, we like, he shouldn't be playing here. Yeah. But fuck Boehner. Cleveland Lumberjack, 65 games, 62 pims, 30 points. That was the worst forty six. That
1: was, was the worst still- worst what? year of my life. Uh, it, wow. It, as far as hockey went. It was it was it was bad. That was the that was the year I would like I literally thought about like packing it in. And uh it didn't help the fact that we're you know, you played you had some stints in the eye, I yeah, remember right. Yeah. And um I was playing on a team full of older guys and uh the two guys I sat between I, I don't know if you remember Brett Harkins I and do. um and and Brad Lauer who's coaching in the show somewhere with, He
2: was uh, also in Utah with, on that team with Joe Frederick Lauer. I was there for two months. Yeah,
1: yeah. And now both guys I love like they're they're good dudes but they were Two, that year, the two of the most miserable people I think I've ever been around. <laughs> well, and, the I was like that. The I was a different
2: yeah. flavor. It was older guys. A yeah. lot of them were on their way down. It was it, you know, I, it was the same caliber as the A. It was just people in different yeah. stages of life.
1: Yeah, and so I'm sitting between those two guys, and it was very hard to stay positive about your career, um, and uh, and it just I didn't really you know. You look back now and you've got life experience and you you understand, um, you know, situations better and you can assess things much better, much more clearly. And uh, I did not have the, the one mental fortitude um, experience, any of those things that you need to to kind of navigate your way through that. And, uh, yeah, I was a it was a tough, tough go. And, um, yeah, so I was happy to get I was happy to get that year done, but it didn't help me like it it's my stock. Just fell through the roof because it's just—you can tell, right? Like when a guy's not into it, and uh, and I, admittedly wasn't into it at that point. Like I just—I had no direction, so it was was not a good experience. I hear
2: you. Time. That's actually pretty big of you to admit that. Uh, Hartford itself, how like how were you treated with the Hartford Whalers? I played in there against. Uh, well, it was the Hartford Wolf Wolfpack, the Rangers' farm team. Yeah, I'm yeah. assuming it was the same rink. There can't be many big hockey rinks. Yeah, the mall. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. So yeah. like it dressing was, room and everything, like how, how did they treat you there? It,
1: it was, it, you know what, there was, um, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody. There was some guys on there that, um, I wasn't particularly fond of. And you know, you, you can usually do the math, right. TR like there's any guy that spent a day or so in the minors is much more relatable than a guy that's never had to spend it on the bus. Yeah. Right. Um, but there were some awesome people there. Like, you know, Pat Beek was our captain when I got there. Really solid guy. Good I uh, should Shan- hear that. Cause I was a fan of his. Yeah. Great. Great dude. Um, and you know, and I didn't get to know these guys as well as, you know, obviously I, I didn't stay there for forever, but Shani ended up being our, um, captain at the end yeah. and, uh, you know, Brendan Shanahan. Another yeah. fantastic guy, and he's done obviously very well for himself, and just a great hockey player. Um, the guys that I, I really got to know better there, and, and that I liked, uh, Sean Burke was just an awesome, awesome dude. Um, a lot of fun to be around. Mark Jansons was a guy that I could really relate to, and he, you know, he'd spent some time in the minors and was just a a, a really good guy. And um, I got to room and 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 spend time with with Brad McCrimmon. Um, you know, as we know, you know, yeah. beast died in that accident there over in Russia years ago, but, yeah. um, just a—I I mean, he was a surly old man at that time and I'm a young guy and I, a good, a funny story about beast, we were, we're on the road and, uh, we get into the hotel room. It's the first time I've roomed with him and he said, Banner, he goes, I hope you like it cold and dark in the room. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you don't, you don't know what to, to think. Dude literally okay. walks over the fucking thermostat and just goes crank, like right down to nothing. Uh, drapes, I... dra- takes his takes his uh, covers off the bed, drapes them over the curtains. It's like a cave. When I say it's like a cave in their TR, like it is a fucking cave. <laughs> Freezing <laughs> fucking cold. And so I'm buried under blankets and I wake up in the morning and I look over. There's enough light now that in the room or the light gets flicked on. Beast is on the top. Like he's kind of a hairy dude, but he has nothing on and he's just like completely exposed. And he's like, been (laughs) sleeping like that all night. I'm like, this guy's literally a fucking bear freezing. too. (laughs) Oh my God. It was not, that's the
2: opposite of what I like in the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, um, great guy though. And, uh, I learned, I learned a lot from him and, uh, there's some, there's a, there's a pretty cool clip. We played the last game in the odd in Buffalo and, uh, he ended up kind of, like almost like heel kicking Rob Ray and started this big freaking melee. And that was a pretty um wild uh, wild experience and wild uh wild place to play a, a hockey game. So it was pretty cool to say that I got to play the last game in the, in the old Buffalo odd. So
2: Yeah, I guess it is. Listen, I played with Kevin Smith uh, one pretty, eye yeah. pretty, uh in, yeah. in 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 Idaho and then again in senior hockey in Bentley. We actually yep. went to the we went to the Allen Cup final and lost yeah. in uh, overtime. So my question is that I know around that time he lost his eye. Were you there yeah. then?
1: I, I, so Smitty got sent to Orlando. Um, we played together for at least two, if not three years in springy together. And he, he yeah. you know, we both had a couple ups and downs there. And um, yeah, so he, he goes to Orlando and I think I was actually up with Hartford at the time because I remember as Paul Maurice grabbing me and saying, um, hey Bahner, did you did you hear about Smitty? And I said, No. And so he told me the story, and I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, you know, you, you just ne- you never think it's one gonna happen to you, and you never think it's gonna happen to to somebody else. And the and the, the weird thing was is, you know, back in those times, in those days, you know, no nobody was wearing a shield. I wasn't wearing a shield. And um, lo and behold, that same year, we go into we were um, going to play in the seventh game of the, the um, semifinals of the Calder Cup championship, and we're going into Hershey. And I could go on this story forever because we were up 3-1 in the series. We ended up losing in the seventh game. But prior to the game seven, I'm on the ice playing the fucking rebound game. Um, and there's some beauties that were playing on the team as well. Brent Thompson, who's Tage Thompson's dad. I remember. Uh, Yeah. Darren Quint. You probably remember Q real beauty. And, uh, we were doing the version where you could move the puck from the back, from behind the net. So I go behind and I kind of just slide this one out to Darren Quint. Who's just, all he's got to do is tap it in and he goes to hit it and it end over ends over the net and hits me in the eye. and um like just blew everything up. Like I didn't end up losing my eye, but it broke all the bones around uh, my eye, broke my nose. And so I, you know, I can't obviously can't, can't play in the, in the game seven. I mean, um, my eye was swollen so much that I couldn't shut the, like the lids wouldn't shut on it. Like it was, I was very, very lucky. Um And it was just like the freak thing. Like Smitty got hit with a, like a slapper. it tipped off of this, uh, hit something or whatever and, and and literally blew his eye up but that was a that was a wake up call for me for sure right because it's just one of those things like it was a, it was totally nothing innocent type of thing and bang so very weird year when that when that happened for sure it was strange people frowned on like if you came
2: out with a shield on you'd have to explain yourself
1: oh yeah yeah that right was, it was
2: still that era
1: yeah it was it I, my wife um, at the time informed me that I'll be wearing a shield
0: <laughs> the next yeah.
1: year. And I wore one the whole year in Cleveland. And then the next year I go to Quebec and I took it off again. And ironically, like sixth game into the season or whatever, some dude's stick whips around and hits me in the other, just below my other eye, sliced me up pretty good. It was kind of just like a big punch in the face. And then I came home that one, that night and she said, if you don't put that fucking thing on again, like it was so, I don't know if she said we're done, but it was, you know. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. Was, she, she, uh, kind of slapped me back into coherence. So then I, you know, it's, it's one of those things, right. You know, you lose a couple teeth, that's fine, but you, you lose a bulb and, uh, it's not good. So. Smitty
2: used to put his eye in a drink and go and uh, oh,
1: yeah, and say, Hey, <laughs>
2: keep an eye on this when he went to the bathroom. Uh, you he, ever he, see that guy yep, chug a
1: beer? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Fucking Ridiculous. crazy, man. Talk about a big bear. There's one right there. Yeah, big man. Um, Providence, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. You, I don't. Why did you only play nine games, eight points? You're doing all right. You're re, you're yep. reunited with your junior buddy, Brandon Smith. Oh yeah. Uh, so what happened? Was that the beginning of the year or the end of the year?
1: It was the end of the year. So I got, I I went, I signed in with the Vegas Thunder in the eye just as a, uh, I, coming out of that year in Cleveland, it's like I just need to get my head on straight. And of course, you picked
2: Las Vegas to get that head on. Yeah,
1: that helped. (laughs) Um, We had a we had kind of a shitty team, bunch of good dudes on the team, but we just you know couldn't end up getting anything going. You Um, good stats?
0: Yeah, and I and I did. I
1: had a I had a good year. I was one of the only guys that was a plus that year too. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, uh, Bob Bourne was our coach that year, and Bourne calls me in at the end of the year, and and we had a great relationship. And he said, Boehner, I've traded you today. And I said, huh, okay. And uh, so then he explained, hey, Providence has got this. They got a really, really good team. Um, I can't remember. One of their D-men, I think Teamander. Remember that? Was it Mattias? Team yeah. I think he got called up and they expected him to stay with the bees. And so they kind of needed to fill a spot. And, uh, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better. I go there. um, joining yeah Smitty Ter- Virch, Terry Virtue is there good D man good friend Steve of mine. Bancroft. I mean we got there's four guys that have got, you know, fifty some points uh from the back end. I've never played on a better team um than that one. I mean like we just yeah, we, we we pretty much walked through everybody in the playoffs that year. And that was the yeah first time I'd won a, a championship and uh yeah hell of a team, hell of a year. Um, Yeah, And it it, it got my love for the game definitely back for sure. How many uh, championships did you win? Oh, just that one. And then that one in the West Coast League when I was in, I was in Germany season was over and and, uh, Fresno called and and Bob Bartlett, who was the GM in Lethbridge way back when was uh, scouting for them. And my, so my season's done. And he said, Hey, do you want to come to Fresno? And, you know, make a few dollars. We got a decent team. We think we we can win this thing. And I was just like, ah, I don't give a shit, whatever. So I, I, I went and yeah, we ended up we ended up winning there too.
2: You yeah, well, that was uh, against my team. Boy, boy I don't, I don't
1: yeah, that's right. I, you I, were I, there, weren't you?
2: I was, I hurt my ankle though, I was out. I watched. Yeah, right. I, watched. I I um we that weren't was the beginning of the end guys. that year. I, I busted my ankle a high ankle sprain in Dallas camp. Yeah Dallas were affiliated with boise that's right Right. it was their double affiliate they chose boise instead of whatever else it was i guess because boise was a great spot it was the west coast league which was a little separated from the east coast and now it's all it all amalgamated yeah yeah that
1: was they had a good team boise had a good team we we uh, nobody i don't think anyone is expecting us to win um so that was that was cool like they they uh, had a good team and it was me and Chevalier. Were out. You, Chevalier. we out. <laughs> right? I got traded for Chevy. Did you? When I went to Grand Rapids. Yeah, he he, he was in G, Grand Rapids, and I was in Quebec, and um, and we yeah we got traded for each other. He he wasn't happy there, and um, it was a it was tough for my family in in Quebec. Um, you know, it was one of those things. Now I think having more life experience and stuff, I think I would have embraced my time in Quebec more because. Yeah i i i really didn't mind it there and you know all the all the like the trainers and stuff i know you had probably had jack when you guys were in yeah i had them yeah Freddie and um yeah some really awesome guys um there and yeah so it was just one of those ones it just it wasn't a good fit for my family at the time and um yeah so yeah that's how i that's how i <laughs> that's so chevy and i related weird
2: uh yeah great player. same thing like we started the year and it was felt so good but my ankle kept getting worse and worse and it's not something yeah. you should play through and he yeah. was magic i was very impressed that guy could really really play yeah. and uh you know, he was out as well i'm not saying that's why we lost it would have been nice to have him yeah. but uh you, we went seven games i believe we lost it in boise too it's game uh, six double ot was it game six okay yeah, yeah i knew it was ot you had yeah. a good memory
0: the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So,
2: D-E-L. What? Like, I I love it. The only thing I regret, again, I didn't retire on my own terms. It wasn't all NHL to me. I came home and I was upset and people were like, Thought it was maybe strictly the NHL thing, but I wanted to go. I wanted to spread my wings. I wanted to play overseas. Yeah. I wanted free travel. You got over there for a couple of years in the DEL. Now I don't know where Essen is, and I don't know where Revier is. <laughs> uh, <but coughs> yeah, did you, your agent hook you up, and you you went over there. And how was that experience?
1: Yeah, so I had a European agent, and, and those two places are actually very close to each other. Um, one city is Essen, the other one's Oberhausen. Um, and um, I'm actually going back. I'm going taking my family on a on a vacation here or sort of spring break and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back there and, and uh, spend a little spend a little bit of time there it was um, it was a really good experience um, I, I loved the German culture I could go back and live in Germany tomorrow and be very comfortable um, I learned enough of the language um, I really like the people I like the way they live life there and uh and the hockey was good like it was kind of like playing in the eye in a lot of ways like um a lot of older guys and uh it was it was good hockey the pace was good um it was interesting the my second year when I was in Oberhausen uh Peter Dreisaitl who played for Oberhausen the year before was the head coach when I got there and uh, uh my my oldest boy Liam who's 25 now is the same age as Leon Dreisaitl who was little shit running around the, the, uh, dressing room. So I got, so my guy, Liam and, and yeah, and Leon are running around and, uh, it's kind of a cool thing, you know, when you can see, when you see that, it's like, I played with Louis DeBrusque in, in, uh, Vegas. And now, you know, you flick on, and I remember Jake when, you know, he's, I was three or four years old, and my guys three or four years old, and they're playing mini sticks during the games. And it's cool to it's cool when you look back and you see that. Um, but yeah, so Germany was it was a lot of fun. It was a different experience, um, and uh, I think had I been I think had I been single, um, I probably would have stayed over there till I was forty years old until they told me to go home. So it was it was a good experience.
2: I, uh, Germany blew me away when I went there for the first time. I don't know. And I don't mean like, you know, I, I thought it was, it would be much more, I, I don't know what the word, not rough around the edges, not,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not the language sounds so <laughs> harsh, like, harsh and like, yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. to be, it, it's, it's not a romantic language. No, it's not. Um, what did I know about Germany? And I'm not going back to the war. I'm not saying that I knew, I knew that yeah. it would be past yeah. that, but I didn't expect it to be so very, very laid back. Right. I, I, I it's really, yes. it almost reminded me of Canada. I, I now yeah. I spent a lot of time in Dusseldorf yep. right, was ball hockey going on, Cologne, yep. um, yep. Munich. Those are very
1: near Essen. it's, it's only like 20 minutes to Dusseldorf. So,
2: okay. Well, that's yep. my favorite. Okay. I, I got the most experience there. Uh, mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, go out and have a bite along the river. People are really laid back. I remember yeah. even going over there and, like, smoking weed before it was legal here. <laughs> and I just thought that would land me 15 years jail in Germany. It's Germany. But it yeah, was right. – um, I don't know. The people were – and then I, wa- I went to watch a couple of hockey games and they were yeah. right into
1: it. Like, it was – Oh, like, it's crazy. The atmosphere don't was don't realize ridiculous. how rabid the fans are, man. Yeah, the, the atmosphere was the best part of the game. Other than the fact that you – smelled like you know three packs of darts after you after the game was over because even though they had no smoking signs all around the rink it's like everybody's darting it up and so you just reeked after the games but no like they're tailgating before the game and they're singing songs throughout the entire game and you know half of the rink is shit-faced and half the rink is families and oh yeah the atmosphere is just it was it was a lot of fun it was kind of like a soccer game like you see that on TV that was, uh, yeah, it was it was super cool a lot
2: of so fun. you you played till 2005 you come back your last two years are in Las Vegas again yeah. now they're with yeah. the Wranglers in the East Coast League. did you know yeah. that you were playing those two I assume you went there maybe partly because of your brother or he went there because of you No,
1: he he came with me so I um, so Glenn Gulletson, who's assistant now in Edmonton. Um, Gully and I got to be friends in, 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 um, Fresno, he was there. And so I had all, I planned. I think I was going to like, going to go back to Aust. I was going to go to Austria anyways. Um, I, and we'd had, we'd lived in Vegas before my ex-wife and I, we actually bought a house there. So it made sense. I'm like, you know what? I got a couple more years left in me, go there, nice weather. Um, and you know, the East coast league, I've, I, have i would always told myself if I, if I'm playing the East coast league, I'm quit. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but it, uh, it ended up working out. And I, my brother was kind of in this point of his career where he had money in the bank. And I said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to come over and, and, um, you know, play a couple of years over here or just, you know, whatever. And, and he said yeah sure why not so that was kind of how that all came together and um it was it was cool you like, done?
2: Did you know you you that you were going to be done after 0405
1: yeah well i kind of felt like i was and, and and again i it was weird again we we talk about timing so i have a really good year in in vegas like i found the east coast league it wasn't difficult to play and just you know when you played at a higher level and then you you go there it's you know it's like a, uh, you know, the top end NHL guys, right? Most of their success is driven by confidence. So yeah. if you've got played in a higher league and you go down to a lower league, you've got the confidence built in. So um, I had a really good year. And um, so Bob Strum that calls me in this and that spring or that summer. And he said, you know, Boehner, he goes, I actually think you're like, he goes. I've watched you play all year. He goes. You're like the best right-handed guy that's not in the NHL right now that I've seen. Right-handed D. And he was scouting for Columbus at the time. And I said, "Well, Strummer," I said, "I'll you know bring me in. I'll, I'll, I'll give another kick of the can." And um, and uh, so again that next year, if you remember, uh, if you think back, what was the other next constraint? other lockout. Yeah. And so there's nowhere to go. <laughs> there's nowhere to go again. And so I'm like, well, fuck it. I, I, I played one more year um, with Vegas. And then the funny part about, so I'd, I'd resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to retire. Like I got married, I got four kids and I got to do something different with my life. Um, and uh, I almost got convinced. So Jimmy playfair came down it was I think Cameron I don't I think Daryl was there Daryl Sutter like we were we were affiliated with Calgary and uh so I was talking to to Jimmy and I said yeah I think I'm I think I'm that's that's it for me and he said well he said have you ever considered doing you know one more stint he said we could use a veteran guy in Omaha that's where they're putting their American League team they said we got this young guy that we really want to um, somebody to kind of work with and mold. And I kind of hummed and hawed and they threw some money out and I said, well, if you can guarantee me, you know, even a, a couple of games just to show that I can play yeah. again. Right. I said, I'll go. And I said, well, we can't guarantee you. And I said, well, and I was pretty, you know, I was pretty much, I'd reserve, resign myself to the fact I was going to be done. So I ended up, I didn't go. And two, th- two funny things about that. The guy they wanted me to work with and develop into a player was Mark Giordano. So it's oh, probably wow. best that I didn't go because, <laughs> because <laughs> done pretty well for himself and I He's probably made it fucking up. But, um, anyways, so, um, I, uh, so I, so I don't go to that. And then Calgary is absolutely decimated that year on D and I might've, I, I I probably would have got like 10, 15 games in and just, and nothing there. So, cause I, you know, I was done. It's like time, you
2: so. said, man, for people that are on the bubble, it's, uh, you know, like yourself and myself, it's timing and, and it's, it's what a team needs at what time. And, uh, even in Hartford, I'm sure some people there loved you. It was just, you know, what's the timing going to be here? Why couldn't those injuries happen back then? Um, I don't well, think, o- I don't think Mo wanted- loved me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people I'm sure did you wouldn't have been there right and you're
1: well it that was it was a weird situation right like when Paul came in you know he was only 28 years old when he was you know yeah. the head coach in the NHL and you know he had had a lot to learn and and you know it was I don't know yeah I just it was just the fit and I, you know I'm, I don't know what he thought about me or not but yeah, there was just it was just wasn't the place for me. So
2: 1994 World Junior Championships, where were they? And your dual citizenship, right? That's why yeah. you played in the US. So Yeah,
1: I did. And it was strictly a career move. You know, if there's one thing I look back on, you know, I and I was very thankful to the US. I, I played in the World Championships the next year too in 95. Nice. Um, but they were there were strictly career moves, right? Like you you get an opportunity to play in that tournament. Got and you, uh, you got to go. It was in it was in Czech Republic, the World Juniors. Um, we played we played Canada, and uh, we were beat before we even stepped on the ice. Half the guys were scared. Um, you know, like yeah. trying to think of who was on Canada's team, like Jason Arnett, Prongs, um, Paul Korea. Yeah, Brennan Witt. Like, I mean, they're 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 a good team.
2: Like, and it was so hyped in the U.S. Then it wasn't really hyped like it is now.
1: And 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 guys are, you know, they look across out there and, and you know they're shitting their pants before we even come on the ice. And and Adam uh, Deadmarsh was with me too, and you know, so we're playing together in Portland. And then we go over to this tournament. And he's like, "Fucks!" Like he was losing it between periods. He's like, fucks sakes, guys!" Like they can't, we can't fight. Like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, go out there and fucking play. And, you know, we'll see where the chips, you know, the chips will fall where they, they may. And, and uh, yeah, it was just, that was the intimidation factor back then, right? Like, was, was definitely there. And uh, the U.S. has come a long ways. Like, they've, they've got more guys kind of playing that junior, major junior style now, even with, like, the USHL. And that's really helped them because uh, you got guys that were playing high school hockey, essentially. Going up against guys who're playing a seventy-two game season, fighting, hitting—like you know, basically a water, like uh, miniature version of the NHL. We had no chance, <laughs> so it was a good experience, but it wasn't fun losing to some of my friends that were playing on the Canadian team, and they were just shit kicking us. But of course, but
2: like you said, it was a career move that had to happen. Now you went back. So what yeah. did you do? I know you're a counselor now, and I will ask yeah. about that. But what did you do immediately? You weren't right off the bat. You went back. Was it no? Business?
1: I, I, so, um, my ex-wife is, is from, from Portland. And, um, so we met there when I was playing and, and so she, you know, was awesome. Like <laughs> followed me around through my entire career and supported me through the whole thing. And, and, you know, so when I was done, I said, again, you know, we got a young family, I, I, I got to do something else. Um, so I went back to school and, um, well, not back to school. I went to school. Um, and uh, so I got uh, I got uh, two degrees. I, I I started out in engineering and then um, I switched over my senior year because there was a couple of aspects of – I didn't like structural engineering, but that's a story for another time. So I ended up getting a degree in geology and then I got a master's degree in, in um, geotechnical engineering. Um, went to work. Um, Went to work. For, I worked for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in Portland. Did that for eight years, and then I had an opportunity to um, on a consulting gig in engineering firm back in Cranbrook, which, as you know, is like twenty minutes from from Kimberly, where I'm from. And um, and then so I did that for a bit, and then I had a, another opportunity to actually work in Kimberley um, in the mining industry. And that's what I'm doing now as as an engineer. But yeah. So when I got back home here, um, it was, it was just funny. Like the, the, the cycle was coming around. So it was 2018, the election was coming up and I knew I'd, I'd, I'd I'd always had like an interest in, you know, and it was more from, and I remember when you were running too, and I think the message was similar. It's like this town has done a lot for me or it's given me a lot. And I want to give something back. I feel like I have something to offer. I feel like I'm a, i am a have a decent head on my shoulders and, um, I want, I want to do something for the town. And so offering up my time, offering up my experience. And, uh, it's been a, so I, I, I did one term and then I, I ran again. <laughs> I actually, the election results came out like a day after, or maybe the day before I saw you in St. John's. Um, for the, for this last term. Uh, so I got on again and, um, just starting out my second term, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a challenging thing to do. Um, especially in a small town, there's good and bad, but it's, it's also very rewarding. It's something that, uh, is pretty close to my heart to be able to, um, you know, try to make a difference and, and make our, uh, make our town a little bit better. So i I've, I've enjoyed it.
2: That is fascinating and commendable. Now, the one thing I want to know, why geology? How did you get it? I don't know many hockey players. Yeah. You guys go back and do so well at school. Yeah. Uh, But I could always tell, you can tell talking to you, you're you're a smart guy.
1: Why geology? Well, so it's funny. Like I, I, a little George Costanza moment here. It was one of those things. I always wanted to be an architect and uh, I'm like, that would be a cool job, kind of just like George, right? Like you just want to be able to say, "Hey, I'm an architect," right? And I always thought that was really cool. So when I went back um, and I was talking to counselors about schooling and stuff, and uh, uh, one of the one of the advisors said, "Well, have you thought about engineering?" And I looked at the curriculum for for engineering, and uh, I'm like, I was I was not a good high school student, mostly because of effort. And I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of math on here, a lot of math. And so I was just like, oh, fuck it. You know what? And the, and the one thing that actually he sold me on, he said, if you get an engineering degree, he said, you will never be unemployed. Um, you're, you're, you, people know that you know how to think and, and solve problems. And I'm looking at it from purely like a, a self-preservation and, and a preservation of my family type of lens, right? Like I need to make money. I need to always have a job, and I need to be employable. So, I didn't go into architecture; I went to engineering. And uh, yeah, so it was in my 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 last year, I took a geology class, and I was like, "This is really cool." Um, you know, you ha- you get a little bit of introduction to um, geologic stuff in engineering, but not full on but they have offer a class called geology for engineers. So I'm sitting in this class and the professor was this guy who could, it was just, he was kind of like you, he was an amazing storyteller. Like it didn't matter what the story was. He, he could tell it. And so he's, he's, he's really piquing my interest. And at the same time, I'm taking these structural engineering classes and I fucking hate it. Cause it's, it's just the type of engineering that's very prescriptive. And I just, I'm just struggling with it. I just didn't really like it. So I met with him and I said, "Well, you know, what if I transferred over into this program?" And he said, "Well, everything lines up." And he said, "You want? You you're interested in doing a master's program?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, you can you can get the geology degree done, and then if you want to go back and do, um, you know, your uh, your master's in engineering, you can do that." So it was between geology and physics. Like I, I knew I was going to switch my major, um, and. <laughs> I think I could have got through a physics degree even though it's more difficult but yeah so that was kind of the route I took and and it ended up working out really well because it lines up well with what I do now like in the mining world it's it's good to have that ge- geology background so that was kind of it it was kind of like I wasn't really going where the wind blew me but I was just kind of like being malleable enough to you know adjust if I needed in my my uh, education yeah, no, it's worked out really well. Was it the
2: same school the whole time?
1: Yeah, Portland State, and and the reason I did that, I was gonna go to Oregon State, which is a great engineering school, but it was like a seventy mile commute to Corvallis every day from Portland, and I'm like fuck, because I was doing night school at, at the beginning, and I'm just like, it's hard enough to you know get there every day and and, and work through the um, the work, and then and then once you once you become once you get your engineering degree, you have to go through the the professional licensing, which is, it's, you know, it's kind of like being a doctor, right? Like you have to work in practice and then you have to go write practice exams, which are, you know, really stressful and and not easy to do. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things I stuck with it. And, um, yeah, I, 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 if you would ask me when I was 20 years old, if I'd be sitting here with a, as a professional engineer, I would have told you you're crazy, but, uh, that's what I am now so
2: Boehner listen thanks for this Uh, I got just a few more questions called rapid fire randoms a little round (laughs) at the end it might be about five ten minutes is this good
1: scares me it scares me when (laughs) rapid fire coming from you
2: Uh, well yeah it's all right it's all right I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be light I'll be light okay cool okay here we go Jason McBain rapid fire randoms First question, your uh, death row meal. You've just gone and murdered somebody. Something happened. Oh, sh- you went to work and you got your car stolen. It's been a bad day and you axed them over the head. You do this in Texas. So now you're getting the death penalty. What do you do? You oh, got one sh- day left. What do you eat?
1: Oh, Jesus. If you, I, well, definitely a steak, right? If I'm in Texas. Um, I was going to say steak and lobster. Um but I don't know how good the lobster's gonna be in the middle of Texas. Well, let's just
2: in this hypothetical world, I said Texas because there's a death penalty in Kimberly, okay. you probably wouldn't get that. So okay. let's just say you can get it from anywhere immediately. Best food yeah. in the world, any option.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a steak and lobster meal with uh, a nice Caesar salad to get her started.
2: Superpower, which one would you pick?
1: Uh, the ability to read people's minds.
2: That is a fucking great answer uh it really is because normally it's uh i I went to flying when i I asked that there's a couple of these i asked everybody yeah that's one of them and a lot of time it's flying or invisibility but the reading i'll I'll give
1: you the reason why you want to. yeah please do i i you know and i thought we were actually we would get into this a little bit more you know we're talking about todd there at the beginning and I, I, I really struggle with anxiety. I have a a high level of anxiety and, and, um, and one of, Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons is, um, uncertainty. I struggle with uncertainty. And, um, so, so knowing what people are thinking, I have, I can have, usually have a pretty good read on people, but knowing what people are thinking, um, you know, helps you cope and it helps you, um understand better and you know if you're going to have a conversation you know where people are coming from and yeah that type of thing so not for nefarious reasons for to uh to better understand what uh situation
2: i I get a lot of anxiety too i deal with this and i why i write so much people think it's i mean sometimes it's out of necessity but most of the time that i write i do it and, and it's to curb some anxiety yeah um people say watch a movie i'm like sometimes it's so bad i can't even pay attention to the movie but that right there uncertainty is i'm trying to you know it's it's hard to unpack all of it but that is one of the things for sure sometimes i have an anxiety to be at a certain situation how do i make this person feel what and, and and you know Good, yeah. bad or ugly, I don't mean, any right. specific, but often that—that's interesting, and I'm never yeah. going to forget you said that. I'm going to work that into my own personal explanation yeah. of, of uh, how it affects me. Uh, yeah. You got to pick one. Ex teammate, you're going on a trip. You're going to, oh, to Mars fuck. and back, so it's going to be half oh, a no. year. Half a year, right? We we got you're out and back three months each way.
1: Oh, so shit. I think it's six
2: in real this life. Is a but problem.
1: Look, this is a problem, Terry. When you played on so many goddamn hockey teams. Yeah, there's so many beauties,
2: right? Well, you've got to pick, Rob. I was gonna say just who would you pick, but I'm saying who would you pick? You got to pick one person to be Mm -hmm. the chef. You got to to pick one chef. Yeah, well, you got to pick one person to be the DJ, and you got to pick one person just to be comic relief.
1: Oh fuck, man, this is okay. Can we skip? I'm I'm gonna. I want to come back. I know it's rapid fire, but let's. I want. It matter. It's
2: whatever I say. It is.
1: I want to ruminate. A little bit on that one. Okay. Come. How about this. this? I can do two things at once. Okay. Go. Yeah.
2: For it. Same thing. Ex teammate. It's the World Cup. Okay. It goes yeah. into penalty kicks like it did this year. France yeah. is playing Argentina. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there going, "You got all your money on Argentina, and mm-hmm. it's gone a hundred rounds." And they start <laughs> making new rules. And in this particular rule, you can put someone that you played with to take that shot. Now, they might not even be a soccer player, but you can technically, I find, yeah. I'm fascinated by the world of soccer that way, that yeah. it, it comes down to it, then the guy who just delivered the pizza right there could score just as easy as Ronaldo. I find that wild, right? Like, Because he really yeah. could. The guy who just yeah. delivered my pizza could totally conceivably score the winning goal in the World Cup. Even The, yeah. the game, probably couldn't play the game. definitely couldn't play the game, right? Yeah. Penny Lane, my 12-year-old daughter in there, she could kick the ball into the net you just got to hit the net. Yeah, the just time. got to hit the net and hope the goalie went the other way. Right. And I find that fascinating. But still, I'd like to have an athlete or a soccer player would
1: be great. So who would you pick for a next team? The, the coolest cucumber I've ever seen on on penalty shots. And I didn't play with him long. Play played with him in Grand Rapids. But uh, Kinger, Derek King, you know, I had a wow. long career with the Islanders. Certainly did. Fuck. He was awesome to watch on shootouts. He never did anything fancy. He just come in and casually just by hole Just by pole. Yeah. Like even if the goalie knew it, <laughs> it's like it's going there. And I was always fascinated watching Kinger do uh, shootouts. And he might say differently, but I was like, ah, that was fucking amazing.
2: Great answer. Have you bungee jumped? Have you sky-do, oh.
1: skydived? I'm I'm scared shitless of heights. It's Me too. a total irrational fear um i think i would i think i would do both though i've not i've not had the opportunity to do either at least, at least i've not put myself in the position to um do it but i think i would do both i, think I, I went up in both.
2: the west i mall and i had to come down i i, I chickened out to do yeah. the uh, bungee jump it's scary over the man
1: it's scary, it's being scary. i'm high.
2: terrified of heights man i really yeah. am um, yeah but uh, there's certain I I can I can go parasailing. I got there. It's probably the biggest. That's the highest I've been up on my own. Yeah. For some reason I can do that. But uh, hmm. the the other stuff, yeah, I'm just no good for it. I'm taking Penny Lane to Montreal tomorrow, and the game's yep. on Saturday. Yep. And on Sunday we're coming back, but we got a 12-hour layover in Toronto. Well, that was kind of on purpose because I want to take her down to the Ripley's Aquarium and then go up in the CN oh, yeah. Tower. But We were there once, and I chickened out. And so did she. I'm saying, let's do it. There's, like you said, it's an irrational fear. The elevator's there. It's gone up there five million times, and we're going to go up, and we're going to have a bite to eat, and we're going to come back down again. We're going to have a nice view. But for some reason, it's uh, well, obviously, it creates anxiety on the way up. But
1: well, uh, and I'll tell you this: I've been to the top of the Empire State Building, and this is how irrational it is. You know, they've got all the safety. Yeah. And stuff and I look over the edge and my body tells me that I want to jump and that's why I don't like it wow it, it, there's there's just <laughs> I I don't even know how to describe it but it's just like I I, I don't even want to put myself in that there place. is now
2: don't get me wrong I've been up in the CN tower it makes me uncomfortable when yeah. and there's a glass floor and there's kids oh. jumping around it I can't no. even I gotta get down on all fours and peep over the side I have to yeah. peep down I yeah. can't it's, it's amazing it's amazing yeah. to me. I, yeah. Penny Lane just showed me a movie last night that's that we're gonna watch. Yeah. Have you seen the preview for this fall on Netflix? No. It's two girls that climb up to the top of this old—I don't know—it's like a radar tower or whatever you call those—and yeah. they get stuck. So they're like oh a thousand God. feet up in the air, two thousand feet. I think it said. Oh
1: it makes me sick to my stomach. Even like you just describing it. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's, uh, it's no. unbelievable.
2: I mean, what would I, I, I just, yeah, that, I don't know that I can't think of a worse situation. I cannot think of a worse situation. Um, yeah. Anyway, I actually look, I was, without getting into the full story. I was in Dallas and we had, yeah. these. we had, uh, it was like team building stuff. Yeah. And one of it was, we had to go through this obstacle course, man. And I told them all, I'm like, I can't do it. And There was 48 of us there. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do it. No, you can do it. And I, I and I was hoping someone else couldn't do it, but so it got down to <laughs> me. Everybody went and I got up to do it and I got to the top. Okay. And yeah. the first one, so all, it was top of light poles and you were connected. Yeah. You had a harness on, but the first one was like a tight rope but it was a log. The next one was a log that kind of swung and then it was a literal tightrope. So there was three parts Mm -hmm. to it. So Mm -hmm. the middle, it was just the log, but it was on chains at each end. So it was,
1: Mm -hmm. we could move. I know what you're describing. Yeah.
2: And I got to the end of the first part. I was about to get on that and I, and I couldn't take it. And I just bear hugged the pole (laughs) is at Dallas stars camp, and yeah. I, I started hyperventilating, I started, and I, I, I couldn't do it. I, and then uh, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm definitely not doing it now. And I'm looking down, and people are yeah. way, way down. And Bob Ganey yells out, he was a GM. <laughs> why he was there, I don't know, but he was. And he looked up, and he goes, don't worry. It, you're totally safe. And I said, well, if I'm so fucking safe, why am I wearing a helmet? <laughs> I just remember that. Took, and a girl had to come up and rescue me, a girl that yeah. worked there. She came up. And I got into like this. I got into a harness with her and she settled me down to the ground. And when I got down, but meanwhile, I fought, I'm not kidding you, this isn't an exaggeration. I fought John Erskine. Erskine yeah. six <laughs> times. I'd I'd already fought him six times, three times at rookie camp and then three it was just my last shot to make it in my eyes. Yeah. I got myself in the best shape I possibly. That's where I hurt my ankle. And I yeah. was like, and I was talking with him and I was you know, I wasn't with this team. I wasn't signed like I was in Montreal. So I felt yeah. so I was gonna do anything possible. And he kept <laughs> saying, he just kept saying, Let's do it again, let's do it again. And I didn't say <laughs> no once. And I'm like, now I'm being judged as a wuss right. for not being able to walk around up on the top of light poles. Meanwhile, right. I got two black eyes and a
1: broken nose. The, ra- the rational fear exercise you had no problem with, but the irrational one, no,
2: can't you do are it. correct.
1: <laughs> Now
2: we've come back to that question because oh, I only have one more. And it's always the last.
1: Cooking. I don't know who's a good cook, man. Fuck. God, I don't know why this question you know why? is so hard. Because you were with your girl the whole time.
2: Yes. So never had my
1: ex-wife is a fantastic cook, and she took care of me. Right. So So you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. No. Right? You
2: go on the road. You're eating in hotels. Yeah. Shitty right? food. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, yeah. Had, I, I had many a roommate. Neither one of them were were very good. Yeah. And, like at, 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 they weren't big time chefs, but Miloslav uh, yeah. uh, Milo Slavgirin, he was all right. Czech
1: guy. Oh, Mil- Yeah, I
2: remember Milo. He was a good guy. Good fella. Yeah. Real, yeah. real. Ge- oh, you would have played with him in Quebec, maybe. Yeah. 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 I, well, um, I'm Supposed to go over to the Czech Republic later this year, and I'll, I'll see him.
1: Funny guys. You know, he was a really funny guy. And he's a he's a Atlantic Coast guy. There's two funny guys from up there. Brody Coffin is a hilarious guy. Great, great dude. One of my good friends. Yeah. And and I never get tired of listening to Coff. He's he's a he's a high energy guy, um, but he's a guy that I could listen to all day because he's just ridiculous. Yeah. And and Darcy Harris is another really funny guy. Like two dudes yeah. from PEI. PEI guys are just funny in general. Darcy's
2: literally one of my best friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great, great dudes. So you know, are they the best? Yeah, maybe that's debatable. But either one of those guys would be awesome to have for comedy or comic relief. I'd piss myself the whole time. Okay, now you got a DJ, a DJ for good music. I let I let you go with the comic relief. In, in,
2: yeah, in I think the I same. would.
1: Be, am I allowed to be the DJ? Am I allowed to be the yeah. DJ? Oh, a hundred percent. Because I've yeah. got I've got. So the only reason people wouldn't like me as a DJ is I'm not a country music guy. So I don't have, I have a well-rounded um, repertoire and I feel like I have a pretty eclectic musical taste. I'm a huge metal guy. Like that's my primary music taste, musical taste. But I also like um, like psychedelic rock. I like old school 70s stuff. I like yacht rock. Like I'll listen to whatever. Just country's not my bag. So. Yeah, I want to be in control. Rising
2: from the west.
1: Yeah, I know. I was kinda... played, the only time I ever really heard it. For, for the
2: only time, the first time I ever heard country music, in a way of you know, I knew who Johnny Cash yeah. was, but none of my yeah. friends grew up play, playing any. I went out west, and I remember everybody chewed tobacco and everybody listened to country music. <laughs> yeah, right off the bat, and it yeah. was cowboy boots, and I'd never seen anybody actually yeah. wear cowboy boots. Yeah, um, there's a difference the east and the west, I guess. Okay, last question. Yeah. Okay. You and I are going head to head. It's a, it's a hy- hypothetical here. It's a, si- a computer simulation, but you can pick. You you have to pick five players and a goalie of okay. all time, a hockey team to beat mine. You don't know who my picks are going to be. Okay, you just got to pick your five and a goalie. Now you can't have or Gretzky, Howe, or Lemieux, or any Montreal Canadiens. Okay,
1: so they're all like they're all like.
2: You would not have to all hypothetical in their time. Right, you could pick Rocket Richard and Wayne Gretzky, and they're both twenty-eight. Okay. (laughs) No, you can't pick Gretzky. Sorry. Okay, I can't pick Gretzky. You can't pick the Um, top. I I think the top four are pretty much solidified with Gretzky or Howe and Lemieux. I think. I think most people would have them as the first four. Now, number five, I got Crosby. A lot of people have Rocket Richard. A lot of people have I don't know Steve Eiserman, but you can go any of other. But no Montreal Canadiens, so you can't pick Jean Beliveau or.
1: Okay. Um, I or think respect. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a local boy on D I'll take Scotty Niedermeyer. Wow. Oh, great pick. I played against him for a lot of my minor hockey career, junior career. Yeah. Pretty, there's not a lot of holes there. Um, <laughs> if any. Yeah. Um, and I'll take, and I'll take another guy that I played with on. Well, I was going to take prongs cause I've, I've, he's all, he's just impressed me playing with yeah. him and I mean, his confidence level. I mean, he's
2: got everything and he's
1: huge off the charts, but I would be remiss if I didn't say Ray Bork because he was my hero. And the first NHL game I played, that was the moment that solidified like where I am when I looked up and there was Ray standing right in front of me. I'm like, Holy shit, this is ridiculous. Um, So I'll take those two guys on, on, on D I'll take, I'll take Patty was a goalie because why wouldn't you right? Um, yeah. Well, Montreal Canadians though oh, f- oh shit. forgot yeah. about that. Um, okay, let me skip up to up front. No Wayne, no Mario. Um, hmm I'll take uh, I'll take Bossy on the wing. Can I take Mike bossy on the wing. Yeah, great pick. Is that a good is that a good poll there? I think you that's like,
2: great. I think you like you, there's one? something to be said for one of the best natural scores ever and no one talks about him anymore. It's almost sad.
1: Yep. Yep. Um let's see. I'll take Stevie Y.
2: Yeah, why not?
1: Stevie Y is pretty solid. Very solid. and um let's see, I need another winger, right?
2: Right if forwards could all be three centermen if you want, it doesn't really matter.
1: Well, yeah. No, I know Forward. you want to balance you wanna balance it out. Sure I'll take. Um, I'll take just for fun and to have an element of toughness. I'll take. Uh, I'll take CBass. I'll take Cam Neely. Fucking great pick, man. Good around the net. You, nobody's gonna fuck with him. Nobody's fucking with him, and he's huge. He's not gonna. He's not gonna win any speed races, but. Nobody
2: is gonna score goals.
1: He is gonna score goals.
2: And, and he's um, gonna catch you with an elbow.
1: Yeah, he will
2: for sure. Now you got to go back uh, to your goalie.
1: I'm gonna go. Okay. Um, hmm. God, there's so many good, good guys to choose from. But the kids, the guys now are unreal. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go modern day. I'm gonna take Vasilevsky and Tampa. That kid's ridiculous.
2: That is a fantastic team, Jason McBain. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything else to plug or anything like that that you want to talk about before we go?
1: I you want you want to give a shout out to my uh, my 19 year old um, Colin, who's a insane hockey um person the guy the kid loves the game way more than his old man so if he got a shout out from uh the uh from uh, the, a star of of Shorezy and uh uh former first round draft pick Terry Ryan he would think that that's super cool
2: colin McBain, run him up fill him in season 2 <coughs> is coming it just got it just got announced yesterday i'm very excited we're going to shoot it at the end of March, April, May. I'm led to believe I'm looking forward to it. And how about this, Jason? Colin's a big fan and you're a friend. And I appreciate you doing this. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep you guys tuned before everybody else. Okay. I'm going to be there and you're going to know exactly what's happening before anybody else. I'm going to make sure that Colin gets that info. Stay tuned awesome. and uh, I'll be in touch. Okay. You bet. If you come out West TR, let us know. I'm, you know, look, it's, it's, it's going to happen real soon for many reasons, um but a- after the show for sure and i have a drink coming out that i need to promote uh, oh, it's going to be Tierra's tonics and i'm going to tour it so there's two reasons i just figure that that's not going to come out till the summer and the show if we're shooting it in the spring it probably won't be out I mean i don't know but yeah. i'm guessing summer late summer fall so that's probably when i'll be there because i can kill two birds with one stone promote shoresy and uh you know my drink at the same time do you have a do you have a weed strain too I hope I mean because i I do enjoy smoking weed more than all of it we, weed drink, I do that once I could go months without drinking if I really had to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoy being uh, social, but the weed and we it wasn't always weed now that it's legal, no. you can go in and pick exactly yeah. what you want, and there's kinds that can mellow yeah. you out, yeah. right? I just used to get it off some dealer, and you don't know, maybe you're you know all of a sudden I'm more high strung than when I started, but for the yeah. anxiety, I find there's a lot of kinds with just a little bit of THC and the right CBD mix, and yeah. I'm fine with that. So, no, uh, I don't drink I'll, at all.
1: I hardly, I'll hardly, i have an odd beer, and that's it. My, my drinking days are behind me. So. Not well, that thanks again for
2: doing anymore. this, my friend. And uh, I'll, I'll see fun. you, whether it's a drink, a joint, or a coffee, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> I'll see you pretty soon. Folks. If you're in downtown St. John's and you want to go to George Street and you want to have a drink, why not go to Trinity Pub? Why not go to TJ's Pub? Why not go to Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves Pub, the Martini Bar, the Bull and Barrel? If you're going to go for a bite to eat, the Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe is where I like to go. If you're going to go, work out for your strength and balance, for your body and mind. Power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. Mr. Lube with locations on Cam Road and Torbay Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pain Pitbull or Pitbull Pain Relief. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com and get the pain sticks that everybody's talking about, including myself. I absolutely love them. And of course, true hockey. Take what's yours. And thanks, guys, for setting me up with the gear recently to go to Goose Bay and I'm going to use that the rest of the year. I absolutely love true hockey gear. Folks, this has been episode 138B of Tales with T.R. I'll be back in just a few days with some more laughs, some more love with a new friend. Thank you very much and I'll catch you on the rebound.